Welcome to the Nourishing Africa podcast. Today we are joined by Sunday Salunge and Kellen Hayes, co-founders of Good Nature Agro, on how they have successfully incentivized their workforce for optimal productivity. Uh, a little bit about Good Nature Agro. Good Nature Agro is a six-year-old for-profit social enterprise that works with small-scale farmers here in Zambia. We've been expanding in the Southern African region. We work with small-scale farmers to move them from poverty and into the middle class. As you may know, Africa is clustered with rural small-scale farmers. We've chosen to work with the Zambian small-scale farmers as a point of start, and we work with these farmers to increase their incomes. As a social enterprise, we focus on production, and we produce legumes, which are a premium crop. We work with legumes like soy, groundnuts, pigeon peas, beans, and various legumes. Um, Good Nature is built on the on uh, a few values. One of those, basically at the hub of all things, is what we call uh, farmer, being farmer-centric. So it's basically the core at which we all do operations. So we work with these farmers because they're uh, basically the production end and there's the suppliers in this kind of model that we've built. So we try as much as possible to put them at the center of all things and it all goes back um, into the people that we have. We work with uh, people in the extension. We work with people who are now in finance and the whole model basically is clustered around these Moscow farmers. You can say this is basically one of the biggest values that we have. Um, the other values to mention a few, we are basically a positive organization in that we have people that are forward thinking. But going back to the point of being pharmacentric, we try to basically engage each of our arms, so meaning the staff, the farmers, and everybody else in the production sector to be thinking pharmacentric. Uh, so from the beginning, we have been looking at creating a strategy that basically works for everyone. And we break this down into three ways. First is that we create um, ways for each and everybody in the value chain to have skin in the game. And secondly, we share financial success. And lastly, we make sure that it's a hands-on, high-touch uh, model that we've built. While you say that these are your values, what were the deliberate steps that you took to ensure this actually happened? So if you look at the model and how we've built it, um, because it comes back to how we interact with livelihoods. Livelihoods are not an easy thing to basically get into. And it goes back to why we're attracted, the farmers, and making them move from that uh, position that they're in, which is uh, poverty and basically into the middle class. We have built these values to guide each, and each one of us to make sure that what we're doing is basically directed to where we're going. So the second way that we, we built this kind of culture and the second point that Sunday brought up was around sharing financial successes. That's something that we've done since day one. And for example, um, with our seed growers, they're already getting a premium price because legume seeds are a high value crop, but we go a step further and our seed growers get an additional payout based on how well we do with our seed sales. So we make sure to share all of our wins 
And then we do that with our employees as well. We're, we're in the process of developing an employee ownership plan to share more deeply with our employees as well. We look at everything basically in one way. Um, so the farmers need somebody to walk with them through and make sure that all these things are happening. So they have a chance to basically be part of the game. Um, so they have skin in the game. Um, they're also sharing their financial success. So meaning it all comes from here. When people are building uh, milestones to reach, to make sure that these farmers are doing and getting the best out of this model, they are all involved. So it's also a high touch model, like we said, it involves each and everyone. So everybody has got a, a role that they are playing uh, in the system. So we've basically broken down any barriers that might exist between growers and people in the office. So being managers and uh, operations people, we try also to work with these farmers by engaging uh, a more high touch uh, extension system. So for example, one of the biggest barriers that we've broken is uh, the extension ratio. So the Zambian extension ratio as an example is one extension officer working with about 5,000 Moscow farmers. So if you look at that in form of a classroom, uh, extension, I view it as more of a classroom. You realize that it's very, very difficult for each and every farmer to receive the kind of attention that they have. So we've created some out of a hierarchy that allows us to work with uh, the office people getting into the field, working with the extension people that to identify. So these are private extension agents. And private extension agents are locally selected, locally trained farmers who have been elevated now to work with their group of 40 farmers. So if you look at the ratio there, it drops down from uh, one extension officer to 5,000 small scale farmers to one extension officer to 40 small scale farmers. And then if you look at the number and the ratio, it also promotes our time to basically work with these small scale farmers. Uh, we are part of the community, so it increases the first time and uh, basically helps us give and exchange the kind of technical knowledge that would be helpful to them. And then it also helps the people uh, within our sphere, so people that are employed, to start building a community kind of perception. So they're not only interested in the job as a job connected to good nature, but it's also part of their livelihood. Then beyond that, we also make sure that we have a system that allows a lot of transparency. So when farmers are going through their struggles, uh, they can be able to explain to our officers and they can also be able to explain to the hierarchy going up. They can explain their wins and some of the questions that they might have. So this allows them to basically be able to sit in with us. So the principles, in other words, do not differ. Uh, when the farmers are working in the fields, it's almost similar to what we have here in the office. Yeah, I would add that um, we also do a lot of goal setting with our farmers and our staff around those financial and career goals. And by really listening to where they want to head and where they want to learn, we can be better managers and mentors. And because of that relationship, it helps us build transparency with uh, all levels of the organization. And one way that we're doing that with our leadership right now is we've actually started open book management with our directors, which means that we open our books and use our financial statements to discuss uh, business health. And then each person's piece of that puzzle and that transparency really helps through 
highs and lows throughout the year. So Sunday, Carl and I really had a lot of experience inside and outside the classroom. So we, uh, all three of us have training in human-centered design. And I think that really influences our people management strategies. So, so through human-centered design principles, we've really grown slowly with purpose and done a lot of listening to our farmers and our customers and our staff along the way. And I think that ties back well to our value of being farmer-centric. Um, and then much of my professional background has been in employee engagement and building purpose-driven businesses, both in for-profit and nonprofits. And Carl and Sunday both have a lot of experience in the classroom uh, teaching and doing a lot of mentoring in their careers. So I think that kind of all comes together with us being really people-focused, not just in, uh, in the field, but also in the, our staff and, and our production operations. Yeah. I can also just add that it's been a very good, delicate balance. Um, we've also learned to bring on uh, good people that basically match some of these skills. So we allow an innovative space that also allows us to bring in people that have good ideas. So a lot of people that we've brought on are also able to teach one or two things and they're able to try out uh, certain things, certain principles. So the, build, the team that we basically built in the last few years um, has allowed to bring on, you know, people that are from the background of training, uh, people that are from the background of operations. So they're constantly iterating and also innovating new ways and ideas that could help us focus either culturally, technically, and also uh, just basic, basic, basic uh, skills building um, around us. Some of the best things that we basically learned, uh, especially when it comes to hiring, is to basically understand, first of all, your culture from within. So, like we said, we've built a few values in the, along the way that have allowed us to visualize how we want to be, uh, or basically how we structure ourselves. So, it's also created the kind of chance for us to visualize the people that we want on board. So one of the principles that we are actually utilizing uh, at Good Nature is that we basically continue to look for skills, but above all, we look for people that are dedicated. So this goes back to character. It goes back to attributes. It goes back to what the person coming in uh, is beyond what they are. So they're able to visualize in what we're doing. Um, this is why you will notice that most of the people that we have on board have actually been able to stay with us and get promoted. Um, so we also look at people that are within the system that are promotable. So they are higher potential. They're able to exist with higher career goals. It goes back to also identifying the kind of culture we want in the people. So like we said, some of our values are pharmacentric. So whether we're hiring for an accountant, whether we're hiring for basically someone in finance, a bit different from the production side of things, we want people that have uh, real life dedication. They're able to see beyond uh, the scope. They are basically able to see into the, the, the model itself, but then they're also able to acclimatize themselves around the kind of culture that we've set. Yeah, I, I think we talk a lot about the entrepreneurial mindset being um, from farmer to CEO, right? That's something that we all consider something that we have and ties to our values around being positive and ambitious uh, and also farmer-centric, you know, that passion for agriculture. 
And I, I think just one other piece of advice in, in taking in finding the right fit for your team is that it always takes longer than you think to find that right person um, and, and then get them, you know, onboarded and, and ready to go. So give yourself a break on the timeline, I guess, <laughs> or be flexible so that you can find that right person that checks the boxes and is really going to add value to your team. I think you would agree that we err on waiting than rushing. Um, yeah. And so we spend uh, quite a bit of time thinking about our annual and, and, you know, two-year plan for hiring and who we want to fill. And so we tend to, you know, we work across our network to let people know that these are the types of roles that we want to grow into. So they're keeping an eye out for the right person. And we have a, you know, longer term view. That being said, sometimes you have to move really quickly to fill some field to fill a position specifically in the field. And so um, Sunday actually has done a great job of kind of building this pipeline of people, uh, folks who've applied in the past, folks mm -hmm. that we know through our farmer network that we can bring in and, and ideally interview and get started quickly uh, if we need to. So I guess it's kind of two, I, I think that, that uh, battle between getting somebody who's the right fit and getting somebody quickly is always there, but those are two ways that we try to um, get around it. Thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate your insights. Join us again for another episode of the Nourishing Africa podcast.